Welcome to Fake News, a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast where we dismantle the media misinformation that floods our news feeds all week long. The media tries to mislead you literally every day. Each episode of this podcast will leave you more equipped to correctly interpret the news and spot their deception quicker than before. This is Luke Taylor, an austere religious scholar, who will be your host in this roundup of the past week of fake news. It's it's really last week's news, um, because this week's news was, I would say, more about the Durham report, which I really, really want to talk about, um, but I don't want to miss this egregious news story from the week before, so I'm going to talk about that today. So basically, this week's news will be next week, and last week's news is this week, and this week's news from last week is about Jordan Neely, which I'm sure you've heard about by now, because the thing is, I with this podcast always kind of running as a recap, um, I, I always talk about these things after they've kind of died down in the national conversation. Now we're talking about other things. This week we're talking about um, the Durham report and the immigration explosion down at the border. And uh, a week ago we were talking about the other stuff. And a week from now we're going to be talking about totally different stuff. The news changes so fast. What I like to do with this podcast is to kind of say, well, hey, let's wait a minute. Now that our emotions have subsided a little bit, let's look back all the way in ancient history to that thing that happened last week that we're not really thinking about anymore. And let's just look at it one more time. And maybe I, now that we've gotten a little bit removed from it, we can look at it with a fresh lens. And that's what I want to do today. I called this episode an unpopular opinion about the Jordan Neely case, because uh, what I'm going to say today is something that, you know, if you're listeners who are maybe a little bit more right-leaning like me, um, then you might you you might not appreciate my opinion too much on this, but I'm going to encourage you to to go ahead and listen through to the end till you hear me make my whole case. And uh, if you still disagree, that's fine. Write me an, write me some hate mail about it. I'd love to read it. But um, I'm going to ask you to hear me out on this. And and maybe you know maybe I'll kind of I'm not hey I'm not going to jump on here like some lefty and and give the progressive argument. But I'm try I'm actually taking a, t- a stance on this that I think is different from what I've heard anybody say. So let's let's just go ahead and get into it. Jordan Neely was a homeless man who was making violent threats and acting erratically on a New York City subway on May 1st. This is not the first time that he had done this, but it was the last time. Neely was known in New York City as a street dancer, a, a vagrant. He liked to dress up as Michael Jackson. He was a violent criminal. He had more than 40 arrests to his name, including attacking elderly women, and attempting to kidnap children, or maybe actually kidnapping, I can't remember now, but he had a long record, okay, long record. More than 40 arrests to his name, and perhaps many crimes even greater than that. And then finally, Jordan Neely was black. And that is one of the only two things about this case that matter to the media. In New York, crime has exploded in the past few years, thanks to Black Lives Matter, and the defund the police movement. Police have been terrorized out of protecting their cities because they don't want to be the next Jarek Chauvin. They don't want to go to prison for a murder charge because something that they weren't even intending to happens while they were arresting a black criminal. So to protect themselves, the police are just staying away. They're just trying to to not go into some of those crime-heavy areas. They're trying to pull back a bit, and it's probably smart on their part, but it's really bad for the rest of society because crime is exploding and doing everyday things like riding the subway. They are now more dangerous than ever. And then you have this Jordan Neely guy regularly attacking, 
threatening people, running, roaming the streets in New York, causing all kinds of mayhem. And again, that brings us back to what happened on May the 1st. Daniel Penny was another man who was also riding the subway that day. Penny says that because of Neely's behavior, because of his threatening statements, that he felt compelled to subdue Jordan Neely as an act of self-defense. And so he placed Neely into a chokehold until Neely passed out. Daniel Penny is 24 years old. He's a United States Marine from Long Island. And Penny is also white. And that's the second and only other fact of this case that the media cares about. You will see story after story talking about poor Jordan Neely, or at least you were a week ago, because as I said, they've moved on from it now. By the time you're listening to this, they're probably talking about something totally different. But if we just go back a few weeks ago, if you can turn the clocks back just a little bit, reach deep down into your memories, there was story after story about how Jordan Neely was this um, poor street performer who just never could, you know, get a leg up on life. He was always always down on his luck, always struggling to get by, addicted to drugs. Uh, here's a headline from USA Today. It says, Jordan Neely, a beloved subway performer, grew up in a family of musicians who want him to be, re- be remembered as a human being. That's all he wanted to be remembered as, guys. Just a human being. That's all he wanted to be. So this headline, you know, gives the impression this is just some gentle soul who just everybody loved. They don't mention the 40 arrests. They don't mention the old ladies he beat up. They don't mention the children he tried to kidnap. No, they talk about how he was just a street performer who just wanted to be remembered as a human being. (laughs) You know, one thing that does crack me up about the media coverage of this story, you know, that talking about how he was just this um, friendly Michael Jackson impersonator, as if this makes him just some lovable guy. I, when I think of Michael Jackson, when I hear that guy's name, I do not have that warm, fuzzy feelings that the media seems to have. Does anybody else remember what Michael Jackson did? You know, but uh, when I read these headlines, I don't, I don't think saying Neely was a dude who liked to pretend he was a pedophile. I don't think that's the kind of defense that they think it is, (laughs) you know, of, of all the people to emulate, of all the people to dress up as Michael Jackson would have to be, you know, that is a, that's a Halloween costume. That's too scary for me to ever try to wear. Um, but to the media, all they care about is that Neely was black and Penny is white. Meanwhile, on the other side of the aisle, the right in this country has already taken up Penny's defense. They've already been raising tons of money for his defense. And as I said, I have a bit of a hot take here. I, I'm going to have what is going to be an unpopular opinion on this matter. And and I'm going to say right now, I'm not necessarily going to defend Penny because what I need is one more piece of information before I decide if I'm going to care about this story. That's going to make some people mad because a lot of people on the right are banding behind this guy. They're saying, we need to support this guy. He is being treated unfairly. But for me, I can't quite do that just yet. Okay? Do I think this Marine should be charged with manslaughter? No. Based on what I know, if I were sitting on his jury, I'd be letting him off the hook. I mean, based on what I know, that is how I feel at this moment. But I'm not ever going to be on that jury. I'm over here in Missouri. I'm telling you what I see from my vantage point. And I want to say this. I will not defend this guy until I know, one, 
very important piece of information. One piece of information that's very, very important to me. So I know how I feel about this. Why was he on that subway? That's what I would like to know. Why was he on that subway? Okay, if this was five years ago, if this was 2018, I would be instantly sympathetic to this guy's situation. Five years ago, totally. But right now is 2023. And in 2023, after Black Lives Matter, after President Biden, after defund the police, after the 2020 election, after George Floyd, after Chaz Chop, after Antifa, and the BLM terrorists, and they burned their cities to get their way, after Kyle Rittenhouse, after what Democrat leadership has turned places like New York and San Francisco and Seattle and Portland into, I want to know why was Daniel Penny on a subway in New York? So let's talk about that for a minute and why that question matters. Here's some possibilities. Did he live there? That seems to be the most logical reason that somebody would be riding a subway in New York, that he was probably a resident of that location, okay? This is probably something that he did regularly. So here's a second question. Here's a question that, I mean, this goes along with if he lives there, then what I also want to know is what are his political views? Okay, as in who does he vote for in elections? Does he vote for Democrats or does he vote for Republicans? Well, again, he is in New York City. Statistically speaking, he is most likely someone who votes Democrat. Okay, now I can hear some of you arguing, even though, you know, I'm recording this and you're hearing it days later, but I'm using my superpowers of telepathy or whatever. I know what you're thinking. You're saying, Luke, you're making a lot of assumptions here. Okay, <laughs> I'm making a ton of assumptions when I say this, but I'm going to address I'm going to address other possibilities in just a few minutes. Just hang with me. Okay? But I'm speaking right now statistically. What is most likely? Okay? What is most likely true? And he was most likely riding that subway because he is a resident of New York, and therefore he is most likely a Democrat. And in New York City, and across America, Democrats have been put into power with a very clear directive from their voters. They have been very clearly instructed to help black people and harm white people because they believe in critical race theory. That is their entire worldview that the left in this country is working off of. That is their framework of reality. Critical race theory. They believe that all white men are racist at heart. They believe that white men are always the villain. They believe that white supremacy is the greatest threat to America right now. In fact, I mean, literally, let's let's pause here and hear that literally for, let's pause here for a message from our president. To stand up against the poison of white supremacy as I did my inaugural address to a single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. And I'm not saying this because I'm at a black HBCU. I say wherever I go. 
So he just said that like last weekend. That was a commencement address from like a week ago. Okay. This is what the left uses as their 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 going theory of everything. Okay. They believe critical race theory. That is why the voters sent them to to wherever they are all over this country in leadership positions, especially in places like New York. This is what they're going for. Help the black man give. Have you heard about what's going on? And I think it's in San Francisco or maybe just a large chunk of California. They're talking about spending hundreds of millions, billions of dollars on giving reparations to black people, free money to a state that never had slaves because of slavery from 150 years ago done by people who no longer exist today. <laughs> this is what they are doing when you put Democrats in charge. This is the kind of stuff that they do. They believe that their job is to help black people and to do so specifically by harming white people. And statistically speaking, Daniel Penny is a Democrat who voted for Democrat leadership. And now Democrat leadership is doing to him exactly what he sent them there to do. So here's my stance. Before I say a word of defense and waste any breath on defending Daniel Penny or potentially wasting my breath doing it, I want to know who he voted for in the last election. Because if he voted for Biden, if he voted for Democrats to run New York, then all he's getting right now is exactly what he voted for. And therefore, I feel no sympathy for him. If he goes to prison on this really stupid charge, if he goes to prison for the rest of his life, I want to feel no sympathy for him because he is just getting exactly what he voted for. Do I think that Daniel Penny intended to harm Neely? Or do I think this was strictly self-defense? I think it's pretty clear this was just a this was a self-defense move. There's footage of Penny um, after the whole chokehold situation. There's footage of Penny putting Neely in the recovery position after that incident. I'll play a clip from that here. And I, I know as I'm playing this that you can't see it, but let me let me describe the scene just a little bit. I'll tell you what I'm looking at right here. So this is this is a cell phone video. It's on the subway there. This is right after Jordan uh, or uh, Daniel Penny, that after he had just subdued Jordan Neely, and you see them turning his body over and setting it in what's called the recovery position. So he's on his side, so that uh, so that so that Neely can just recover, so that he doesn't. Uh, hopefully have any long-term damage. So here's what I'm thinking as I'm watching this video. This indicates to me that Penny's mindset was not set on reckless murder, that he didn't have a disregard for human life, that he did not intend long-term damage to Jordan Neely, that he did not wake up that morning wanting to choke a black man. It indicates to me that he has no ill will, no murderous intent, that this was clearly self-defense but it was also very stupid because you are in new york city where there is a two-tiered justice system where ever since he was put in your da over there was releasing violent criminals rapists drug dealers putting them back out onto the streets as soon as possible and yet last month that same da charged president trump with a flimsy finance charge, it was like a election law thing that that it was past the statute of limitations, 
because of some something done in some paperwork back in 2016. New York City does not have a fair justice system. <laughs> Whenever the progressive left is in charge, there is not a fair justice system. All they care to look at is your skin color and the victim's skin color. And if you are a white man who hurt a black man, they couldn't care less about context or anything else. They're going to throw the book at you. They're going to throw everything they've got at you. you. I mean, if you're Daniel Penny, you are better off sitting there and letting Jordan Neely do whatever he wants to you rather than laying a finger on him because he's black and you are white. And in the eyes of the law, that is the last thing that should matter. Justice is supposed to be blind. But instead, New York Democrats have voted in leaders to push a justice system that only sees that Neely is black and Penny is white. In New York City, justice is monochromatic. And if that's what Penny voted for, he gets what he gets. He gets what he gets. That's what I would say. But to be fair here, let's just be fair. Let's talk about another possibility, okay? Because if you're screaming at me right now, well, what if he was a Republican? There's Republicans in New York City. This guy was a Marine. Marine means he was probably conservative. Okay. Well, that is another very distinct possibility. So that brings me to my next question. Then why is he living in New York? If you are a Republican, especially a white Republican, why are you living somewhere that hates you? Why are you living somewhere that is going to look for any excuse it can to send you to prison? Why are you choking a black man on a subway in a state that could not care less if he threatened you? You see, you know, even if Daniel Penny's a Republican, even if he is, I just don't see the logical justification for living in a place like New York. I think if you are a Democrat, that you should just live with what you voted for. Live in the filth that you voted for. If that's in San Francisco, if that's in Chicago, don't go crawling over to the free countries like Texas and Florida. Live in what you voted for. You, you voted for it, you stay in it. Don't try to bring it over here. Stay where you are. If you're not a Democrat, then here's my question to you. Why would you choose to live in one of those godless, disgusting places like California or New York? Why would you be over there trying to build your life? What, what is that going to benefit you? You have nothing to gain. You have everything to lose. Conservatives like, like me, we've been telling you for years, get out of cities. Get out of cities. Trump figured out what was up. He moved his whole operation down to Florida. And, you, and even still, the ones up in, in New York are still trying to get him for stuff that happened years ago. They're, trying to, they're going through all his paperwork trying to find something they can nail him with. Okay? He got it. Why are there still Republicans living in these cities? How does this benefit you? Why haven't you gotten out? Again, if this was five years ago, I'd be a lot more sympathetic to someone. But after everything that's happened in the past few years... Why would any Republican even want to visit a big city? Okay, we've been saying it for years. Get out of cities. As in we speaking to our fellow Republicans. Get out of cities. Look at what happened to Kyle Rittenhouse. He was as innocent as can be. He was as justified as could be in his self-defense shooting. And they tried to send him to prison. As a 19-year-old, they tried to send a 19-year-old to prison for the rest of his life for protecting himself what do you think they're going to do to you? 
I personally, I have no idea what's going to happen to Daniel Penny. I have no predictions for you, but I can tell you why it's happening. And until I know why he was on that subway, what choices he had made in his life that brought him to that point, I'm not going to sit here and waste a single word in his defense. Why was he on that subway? Did he live there? Did he vote for this? Did he vote to be treated this way by their by their legal system in, in New York? If he didn't vote for it, why is he there in the first place? Why hasn't he moved away years ago? Guys, it's, it's, it's long past time to get smart. I, I'm not trying to be heartless here, but at some point, y'all have got to look around you and, and look at what world we're living in, okay? This is not the same world that it was 10 years ago. This is not the same world that it was before Obama. This is not the same world that it was before Black Lives Matter. Things have changed. We live in some very terrible times. And I think Daniel Penny made some very terrible choices. And listen, if it if it come to find out Daniel Penny was there for some totally <laughs> un, unrelated reason, he was forced to go to New York for some, you know, military assignment to try to help the people of New York City for what if if it's some good reason that he was there, then I will change then I will change my mind. I'll say, "Okay, well then, let's do whatever we can to help this guy." Okay? If that's the if that's the case, yeah, I'll be on here until this case is settled trying to defend him. But until I know why he was on that subway, I'm not even going to start. I think he made some pretty bad decisions. But I'm really glad for all of you who tuned in today because I can say it for you right now, loud and clear. Learn from it. Learn from it. Learn from what happened to Kyle Rittenhouse. Learn from what happened to Daniel Penny. Get out of cities. Thanks for listening to Fake News, a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast. This has been Luke Taylor reminding you, if you hear that it's a good thing to dress up like Michael Jackson, that's just fake news.